At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets wrapping up the pre-All-Star break portion of the season with a matchup tonight against the conference-leading Miami Heat. We'll have a preview of that one for you. Also talking about the upcoming All-Star break, which isn't so much of a break for one Hornet in particular. LaMelo Ball is going to be a busy guy. He'll be in the Rising Stars sequence of games as well as the All-Star game itself. Also, special day today, it's Michael Jordan's birthday. Yes, MJ, the boss, the greatest of all time. His birthday is today. We're going to talk some of our favorite Michael Jordan moments and we'll do it all with our good friend. He is the sports director for WCNC right here in Charlotte, Nick Carboni back with us again on the Hornets Hivecast. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Sam. Thank you for having me, as always. Well, before we get into the upcoming itinerary for LaMelo Ball, let's look back momentarily at that last game against Minnesota. Another loss for the Hornets, second in a row, eighth in their last nine games. Certainly some continued cause for some concern with the way the shooting has gone, but I do think we've seen an uptick in offense. I do think you can look at the schedule as a whole and say, wow, the Hornets have played some really good teams here. You have to play and beat really good teams to be a playoff team, but still, you know, you don't look at any of these games and say that was just one that they had no business losing whatsoever and they took an L in it. There are explanations for just about all of them. What do you think after that game in particular and this losing stretch as a whole? You know, Sam, the Minnesota game to me kind of went against the trend of some of those, you know, losses that you talked about, eight of nine, I think 10 of 13 now, and that they didn't get off to a really poor start. They didn't shoot as poorly as they had, although you'd like some of those deep balls to, to go in a little more. They found other ways to put together offense. 
but the fourth quarter and the late game execution, it slipped away from them at the end. And you're right. I mean, you have to credit Minnesota, too, because Carl Anthony Towns finally started hitting shots. He was going to keep shooting until the game was over, and and turns out some of those went in, and he can do it inside and out. So he kind of took over the game. The Hornets made some mistakes late. Overtime started with Minnesota going on an 8-2 to run. So to me, that was more about a young team just kind of getting socked in the face a little bit at the end of a game against another good young team that also has talented players in their arena. So I wouldn't lump it in with some of the other games during this stretch, but certainly 8 of 9, 10 of 13 heading into the break is a bit of a concern, but it really just snaps the Hornets back to heading into tonight's game, one game below 500. So all in all, pretty steady ship. You would just like to see it kind of right itself after things get done with the All-Star game and, and festivities in Cleveland. We'll preview tonight's game, obviously, a little bit later here in this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. But going back to the overall schedule here, you go back through, I want to say, to the Boston game in January. I think that's the last time the Hornets beat a team that is currently a top eight seed in their respective conference. Everything else, the wins have been Detroit, the Lakers, Indiana, Oklahoma City. All the games against the teams that are currently in a playoff position or or what would have been a playoff position previously, they've all been losses. Is that the issue that the Hornets have just run into a stretch of really good opponents? Is it the offense and the shooting going cold? What would you make as your diagnosis here? Well, certainly the the offense for a stretch there, Sam, when when this team was having trouble you know, making 30% from three, and and they still are to a certain respect, that is just going to hurt any team, especially this team. I know getting Montrez Harrell is is going to help you not totally have to live and die by the three, and they didn't the other night. But anytime you just go through that prolonged of a famine from three for a team like this that relies on it so heavily, it's going to equate to a lot of losses. I also think that, you know, this team, and we gave them a lot of credit for it, and we should, but maybe we look back and say that first part of the season where they did weather that tough schedule and came out of it about 500, maybe they were playing a little bit above their head and they're not quite ready for that next step, a la not just getting to a a solid playoff series, but winning a playoff series. And I think we kind of saw that mentality in the general manager. Mitch Kupchak continues to be patient continues to be pragmatic, didn't make a move that really disrupted the future because I think they view next year as a year for a big jump. And maybe this year is, hey, let's let's continue to build this core. Let's continue to solidify what we're trying to do. We want to get into some sort of playoff scenario. Maybe that is just the play-in again. And then next year you take that next step and next offseason you take that next big move. I am encouraged that we're seeing more scoring, better scoring. The addition of Montrez Harrell certainly has been a shot in the arm. We'll see. Maybe tonight is the night that they work their way out of it, give themselves a boost heading into the All-Star break. Speaking of which, it'll be a very busy schedule for the Hornets reigning rookie of the year and their All-Star, LaMelo Ball. He's going to be part of both the 2022 Clorox Rising Stars team playing in a, and it's not a individual game, it's a series of three games now, four teams playing a little bracket style, and you work your way up. LaMelo Ball was actually the third overall pick again. First pick went to Isaiah Thomas. He selected Anthony Edwards. Hopefully he'll be okay. He turned his ankle a little bit the other day against the Hornets, so fingers crossed he'll be able to go because certainly want him to be able to participate in what would be his first All-Star weekend. Second pick went to Team Rick Barry, and he went with the rookie for Cleveland, Evan Mobley. So second straight draft, I suppose. 
suppose. LaMelo Ball ends up third. I don't think Gary Payton minded that at all. He snapped him up pretty quick. Looking at this new format, looking at the games itself, what are you expecting here from LaMelo Ball? Yeah, I mean, you almost parallel the two drafts because, you know, you get Edwards and then a big man and then LaMelo. And I think that uh, LaMelo is going to show out in that game. It's just really nice to see that Charlotte's up-and-coming star is being rewarded as not just up-and-coming, but also an established star on the rise in the All-Star game. I thought it would have been silly to have it without him. You look at some of the guys that were, you know, really even statistically with LaMelo, it's tough to see any of those guys having the same type of All-Star moments that LaMelo Ball could have, and that's no disrespect to them, but just kind of an ode to how LaMelo plays the game and, and what it would look like on that stage. So really excited to see him go through it. I'm sure we could spend, you know, an entire episode, Sam, trying to, to break down the, the new format, like you said, of the rising stars, but um, it, it's good to have a representative from Charlotte in the game over the weekend and to have it be one that everybody here is so excited about him. And I'm hoping for some, for some signature moments from LaMelo. I mean, he has all-star game level passes, in the regular season. I mean, the one through the legs and alley-oop to miles, and we could talk about, you know, nine or 10 of them on this podcast if we had time. But uh, so, so I'm sure he has something in store for Sunday night. That rising stars portion of it, that's where I, I'm kind of more expecting LaMelo to have more to do with wins and losses in the actual games and, and maybe you know being the MVP of an All-Star Weekend formatted game or series of games. The All-Star game itself, I'm just looking for highlights because this is the first of hopefully many for LaMelo Ball. Uh, he's on Team Durant, Joel Embiid, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young are the starters. And then uh, the relievers joining LaMelo, you got Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, DeJounte Murray, and Carl Anthony Towns. Star-studded roster, you get nothing less in an all-star game. Who's the player you're looking forward most to seeing LaMelo play with and maybe one you're looking forward to seeing him go against and maybe have that Kobe MJ type of moment uh, we saw from years gone by in previous all-star games? Oh, boy. I don't know. I, I, I'd have to look at the rosters again. I know you just rattled some off, but you know, I could see him. Is he with Giannis or against Giannis? He is against Giannis. That would be fun. I mean, just any big athletic scorer who he can pick and roll with and alley-oop with, that's LaMelo's game. And, you know, we saw the Steph bounce pass alley-oop to Giannis here in Charlotte three years ago. Uh, there's there's a couple of guys, I'm sure, that could benefit from LaMelo's uh, scintillating passes if they're ready. I'm sure I'm sure they're going to have to, to – to stay mentally ready for any LaMelo pass at any time. But, you know, some like full court, half court, three-quarter court alley-oop, a a pick and roll, a a bounce pass alley-oop. I mean, LaMelo can pull off. They say in the NFL, the quarterback can make all the throws. LaMelo can make all the passes in the NBA, and then ones you didn't even know existed. The one I'm looking forward to is the two-time former dunk champ, Zach Levine. I think you got a lot of shooters on Team Durant. you got a lot of guys that are really good in one-on-one, but in terms of just athletic prime, super elite, even at this stage, you don't get much better than Zach Levine. And I feel just like uh, LaMelo wants to make some highlights. I think Zach Levine does too, so I'm expecting to see 
see a couple of, of fast break opportunities for those two together, and we'll see uh, how many in-game quote-unquote passes Lamelo usually does, like the between-the-legs alley-oop he can pull off for Zach Levine. The game itself, Sunday, February 20th, and of course we'll have a recap edition of the Hornets Hivecast the very next day talking about Lamelo Ball's performance in the All-Star game. Coming up next, it is a very special day here with the Hornets in the NBA in general. It is Michael Jordan's birthday today, 59 years old. We're going to talk some of our favorite moments and most impressive stats in the career of the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Nick Carboni, sports director for WCNC, right here in the Queen City, here with us today on the Hornet Hivecast. Definitely encourage you to check out Nick Carboni nightly on WCNC, as well as follow him on Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC. A special day on the calendar today. It is Michael Jordan's birthday, 59 years old, the greatest of all time. He is a Hall of Famer, of course, 14 time All Star, 10 time scoring champ. NBA 75th anniversary team, of course. Pretty much every accolade you can think of, he has it. It's a special day here as we celebrate the birthday of Michael Jordan. Nick, do you have a favorite moment, you know, a favorite moment from his airness? You know, I, there are so many, and it wouldn't be like one that nobody had heard about or anything. I remember watching, I don't know if it was an all star game or what, I have a memory of him, you know, crashing in on the boards of a of free throw, and I'd never seen anybody do that and kind of putting it back with a dunk. Obviously, you know, the shot to win his final championship over the Utah Jazz. But the great part about the era that Michael Jordan came up in is even if you're like me, I'm, th- I'm 36. So I really remember him from dream team forward and remember him leaving and playing baseball and coming back to win. So seeing a lot of the old stuff in the last dance and, see, you know, there's so much that you can go back and watch and appreciate now and appreciate that you know, before he was an NBA champion, before he was considered to be the greatest of all time, you know, some considered him like overrated and, you know, not good enough to win the big games and the big moments. So the one that I go back to that I wasn't old enough to remember, I think I was a year old, was the Celtics series. I believe it was his first playoff series with the Bulls when he just went off in two games at the Boston Garden, just 50, 60 points and setting records and, and impressing one of the greatest teams of all time at that time was was Larry Bird and the Celtics. So I, I would go back to that and just because you kind of see the origin story of who he was as a competitor, and it ultimately paid off, but it took longer than I think a lot of people remember or appreciate for him to get to that championship level, which is why he gripped that Larry O'Brien trophy so tight the first time he got his hands on it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The narratives don't really change era to era. It's always, you know, can that person win it until they prove that they can, and no one proved they could better, more consistently than Michael Jordan. Six championships basically in succession while he was an active player. He, of course, retired to play baseball uh, at one point, as we all 
all know, Last Dance is out there. You can watch it and relive all the moments yourselves. In terms of most impressive stat, I'll kick this one off. There's two that stand out to me. It speaks to his overall dominance. He was a six-time Finals MVP. He's a defensive player and All-Star MVP and regular season MVP. I mean, everything. He won everything. But just the consistency of his scoring brilliance. He played 15 NBA seasons. He never averaged below 20 points per game. That's going from when he was a rookie at age 21 to when he was a 39-year-old member of the Washington Wizards. He never averaged under 20 points per game. And this is from an era where points were just not as plentiful as they are today. So averaging 30, 35 37 points per game in 1987. I mean, what is that even like today? Is that like averaging 50 points today? I don't even know. That's without the prevalence and the you know the, the three-point shot being what it is today. Imagine if that was around. You know that Michael Jordan would have turned into the best at that, too. I mean, he certainly could hit shots from outside. It wasn't an era known for the deep shot, at least in the frequency that it is now. So, I mean, it, you just have to imagine, Sam, that if that was part of the game back then, Michael Jordan would have figured a, a way out to be the best at that as well. The current day Hornets, which is one of the best scoring teams in basketball, they average roughly 114 points per game. You go back to that era of the Chicago Mm -hmm. Bulls, 1988, where MJ had his high watermark for scoring, averaged 37 points per game. The Bulls' team scoring average that season was 105. So they're 10 points per game less, and Michael Jordan is 15 points per game more than any member of the Hornets. That's how great of a scorer he was, to try and put this in perspective. Not that anyone needs me to do it. The other stat that really stands out to me, and again, it just speaks to the overall dominance in 13 playoff runs Michael Jordan averaged 30 points per game or better in all but one the one he didn't his rookie year 29.3 the greatness of his scoring is just second to none in the history of the game in my opinion yeah, and I think when he was drafted, I mean, you know, certainly he he came in with with a, a big name. He had hit the big shot for UNC in the national championship. Played for the Tar Heels. I mean, that's going to give you a big name regardless. Not sure how much respect he had walking into his own locker room in Chicago, but it didn't take long for them to realize that he was the best player on their team as a rookie. So the stats he threw out there, you know, from beginning to end of his career, all the way to 39. That's really impressive. The longevity and the consistency over time, not just consistency, but, you know, elite scoring over time and to keep it so consistent, even at 39 years old, to be above the the 20 point watermark is, is incredible to think about. And just for another reference point out there, Kobe Bryant, another one of the, the greatest players in the history of the game, was in the playoffs a lot, won five championships and a great, 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 great player. His career in the postseason he had five seasons where he averaged 30 or more in the postseason. Michael Jordan did it every single year, except for his rookie year, where he missed it by, I think, 
two points. If he had one more bucket in any game, he would have averaged 30 points. It's truly remarkable. The legacy on the court Michael Jordan has had, and he continues to build it off the court now as the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. So many things we can speak to about what he has done for this community, what he has done both with the franchise and beyond it. Just a great, great man, great, great player. The person that is signature to the NBA when everyone thinks of the NBA still to this day, even some 25 years after the last time he was playing for a championship, it's still Michael Jordan. So happy birthday to Michael Jordan, 59 years old today. Best birthday present I can think for him that he could get from uh, his team is a win. They'll go for it tonight against the Miami Heat. We'll preview the game for you next with Nick Carboni of WCNC after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Nick Carboni, sports director for WCNC, our guest today here on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets taking on the Miami Heat. You can make an argument that the Chicago Bulls are the best team in the Eastern Conference. You can make one that the Milwaukee Bucks are still the rulers of the roost, being the defending champs and still having a top four record in the Eastern Conference. But for many people's money, Miami is the number one team right Right now in the East, they are 37 and 21 coming into tonight's game. Been dominant home and road. They're an elite defensive team, the number three defensive club in the Eastern Conference when it comes to opponents' points per game. Just a really, really strong squad, and they will be at the Hive tonight. If you want your last-minute tickets, go to Hornets.com. Nick, before we get to players and stats to watch for this one, what are your thoughts on the matchup and what it means to Charlotte? We are heading into the All-Star break. That is kind of a, a natural reset for any team, let alone a young team uh, but this is a hornet squad that is struggling right now a win to get them back to 500 would certainly come in handy yeah they're certainly capable of competing in this game and, and winning in this game they have they have the tools to do it they have the talent to do it they have the shooting to do it they can play defense and stretches to do it the thing that worries me is just the way things have gone eight of the last nine offensively you know, I know they've, they've improved a little bit, but that shot is just not falling, especially for guys like Kelly Oubre, who you rely on it for. And the Heat are just, you know, a really well-built and well-coached team, and they are poised to make a deep playoff run in the Eastern Conference. So I think a variety of things have to come together, but it would not be impossible for those things to come together. The Hornets, hopefully the home cooking tastes a little better this time than it has in the recent past. And Heat are coming off a loss. We'll see if that bleeds into this one. It would be nice. You know, it's like that final stretch of a workout or a run. It's like finish strong. You know this is it, and you get three or four days off. So if that's in the back of your mind, if that's your mentality, and if, if the one from Minnesota still stings like it should because it slipped away, 
uh, and you can get off to a really good start against Miami, I think that could be a recipe for success tonight. Charlotte Hornets actually took two out of three off the Miami Heat last season, so they do have some uh, fairly recent success against uh, this Heat squad. can make an argument last year Miami was a a little bit uh, worn out after making the finals run in the bubble, but nevertheless, the the games were played, All-Stars were on that roster, and Charlotte was able to get the job done a couple of times in the head-to-head. So let's look at the matchup here tonight. Nick Carboni, as always, we want a player for each team and a stat to watch. You pick a category, pick a player or a stat, and I'll follow you up with uh, one of my own. So where would you like to begin, Miami, Charlotte, or a stat to watch? I'll start with a stat to watch, and that's offensive rebounding. That's something that really bit the Hornets on Tuesday night in Minnesota, gave the Timberwolves a lot of second chances, and the Heat have the horses to, to pick up those offensive rebounds, and Bam Adebayo, Dwayne Dedman, even Omar Yurt seven. I mean, they've got some big guys that can grab second chance opportunities for themselves or kick out the Jimmy Butler and others to make baskets. You know, offensive rebounding on their end for the Hornets is going to be a, a big deal, so Mason Plumlee, who I think has played well and Montrez Harrell and, and Miles Bridges and all those guys and LaMelo Ball has been great at a lot this year getting the ball off of the other team's offensive glass and pushing it up the court. So I'll go offensive rebounds on Miami's end. I'm going to go with the assists and sharing the basketball. I thought the Hornets did a pretty darn good job of that with everyone getting the ball moving. I mean, Mason Plumlee almost had a triple-double. He was one assist away. He had nine of them in the game the other night. But I think that is a way to get to Miami. It's also the way that the Hornets look the best. Now, assists are tied to good shooting, and the Hornets have not been shooting very well over the last four weeks or so. But if they can hit that third to assist number that's a magic number for the team they are unbeaten when they hit that part so some of that is you got to shoot the ball a little bit better than you have been but also it comes down to good ball movement making sure you're hitting the open guy and taking high quality shots so i'm going to say the assist number is the stat to watch here for charlotte which sides player do you want to pick first do you want to go with charlotte or miami in terms of who to watch, I'll go Miami. It's always a little shaky when a guy like Bam Adebayo is, is playing against Charlotte. I mean, he's a guy that just really eats inside defensively, offensively, off the glass. So somehow slowing him down and, and winning some of those battles with Adebayo can go a long way to getting a Hornets victory tonight. He's turned himself into a very good player. It's very impressive what he's done and what Coach Spolstra has done with him in Miami. I'm going to say Jimmy Butler. He, he's the closer for that Miami team. He's the one who's going to have the Carl the Anthony Towns role and different roster construction, but for me, Bam Adebayo is a little bit more of what we saw from D'Angelo Russell the other day for Minnesota. That That's a guy who's going to give you consistent offense. You, you get the production, obviously does it in a very different way from Bam Adebayo, but when it's crunch time, when you have those game-winning possessions and you need the ball in someone's hands, it went to Carl Anthony Towns. He's the all-star. And I think similarly, we're going to see Jimmy Butler have control of the rock in this one here tonight. So Jimmy Butler, my player to watch for Miami. Last but not least, I need a Hornet, Nick Carboni. Let's go LaMelo Ball heading into the all-star break. I mean, he's he's put up you know good numbers as of late despite some of the losing and let's see him tick up those assist numbers and get close to 10 he's been you know obviously got a few triple doubles this year a handful for his career it'd be great to see him go to cleveland with another one in his pocket and like you said it can only help this team if their assist numbers are up so i'd love to see him in the 10 range or more and then you know hopefully have the points and rebounds to go with it to complete another triple double. Yeah, I'm with you. I, we we need Lamelo to to be the All Star. For me, I'm a little torn on this, but I'm going to say Kelly Oubre Jr. And the reason why is this: when you look back at Miami's last couple of losses, they tend to come with 
a bench that's drastically outscored. When you look at the Hornets' wins last year over Miami, there were two explosive 30-point performances that Charlotte got, one in each game. They were from Malik Monk who was coming off the bench. Miami has a front line that is really, really strong. Butler is an all-star. Lowry, former all-star. Adebayo, former all-star. You got championship DNA in P.J. Tucker. Duncan Robinson is an elite shooter. But when you go to the bench, they're a little beat up right now, just like everyone is, just like the Hornets are, quite frankly. So I think those bench minutes might determine this one. And if you're looking for someone to heat up as a shooter, I know he's been cold recently, but Kelly Oubre is your guy. So I'm looking to Kelly Oubre to uh, be that X factor for the Hornets, hopefully getting a win tonight over the Heat. Uh, yeah, they need him, Sam. I think that's a good pick. And, and just that explosive offense off the bench that we've seen from him in record-setting ways not too long ago, you know, when that returns, that's going to that's gonna be a big help for this team. Always a good pick having Nick Carboni here on the podcast with us. Nick, we appreciate your perspective on the upcoming All-Star break, on the recent Hornets woes, and uh, getting some of your favorite memories from Michael Jordan, as well as a game preview today. Very full edition of the Hornets Hivecast, but we're glad to have you along for it. Nick Carboni of WCNC. Follow him on Twitter, at Nick Carboni WCNC, and watch him nightly. Nick, thanks so much for joining us us. Thanks, Sam. Have a good call tonight, and, and hopefully you got a little bit of downtime over this All-Star break. Yes, we are indeed looking forward to some downtime, uh, but a little more work to do before then. Nick, thank you again for joining us. That work, of course, is tonight. Hornets taking on the heat. If you want tickets last minute, they're available at Hornets.com. Would love to see you at the Hive. Our thanks one last time to Nick Carboni of WCNC, to our producer Rob Longo in the Hornets Radio Network studios, and most of all, to all of you for tuning in. Tomorrow we will have a post-game wrap-up edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We will have HHC episodes for you throughout the All-Star break, covering all of the events, let's call them, that LaMelo Ball is involved in. But we will be taking a couple days off, recharging our batteries, and getting ready for that stretch run when the Hornets resume play a couple weeks from now. Till next time, for Nick Carboni and Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.